Welcome to Stephen Woodfin, Lawyer. This is Stephen Woodfin, your host. Today we'll be talking about some of the most common life planning tools for people. The first of these is a will. A will is a legal document designed to dispose of a person's property after their death. And this is very important that you understand that a will only takes effect after death. Some people have the idea that once they have uh, executed a will, that it creates some sort of present interest in their property for other people. That's just not the case. It is strictly something that takes effect after death. And you've heard the term probate, so let me talk about that for a second. The word probate simply means to prove. And in a legal context, that means that a court or a judge must approve of the will. He must determine that it is authentic before it takes any legal effect. Before a will is admitted to probate, it is as if it does not exist. So let's talk about one of the most common scenarios where people consider a will. Often a husband and wife will come to me and in, in Texas we have community property laws. And the clients want to know that their property is going to be distributed to their children or their loved ones or maybe to charitable organizations in a way that meets their desires. A common scenario is that they have children together and one spouse has a child or children by a prior marriage. So let's think about what would happen under Texas law if they died without a will. In our example, the wife has a child by a previous marriage and the husband only has children of their marriage. So let's say they've bought a house during the marriage and that house is community property. If the wife should pass away first, under Texas intestate succession law, which is the law that rules what happens to property if there is no will, the wife's one-half interest in the community property, which is the house, would pass to her children and the other half interest would pass to her husband. Now if we take the other situation where the husband dies first, since he only has children of the marriage, the wife would receive his full interest in the community property and then she would own the house 100%. So you can see the dramatic effect of the importance of a will. In Texas, in order to be valid, a will needs two witnesses. Usually this is done in an attorney's office with a notary present. And the preferred situation is that the witnesses be people who are familiar with the person signing the will so that if necessary, somewhere down the line, the witnesses could testify that the person was in their right mind when they executed the will. Now let's talk about another very important planning tool, which is the general durable power of attorney. This is a document which creates an agency relationship between the person signing the document and the agent designated in the document. But it is very important. Let's say a person owns a piece of real estate and they have a stroke and they're no longer competent to manage their own affairs. If the person has a general durable power of attorney in effect, then his agent can sell that property without any court intervention. However, 
if there is no general durable power of attorney in effect, it would be necessary for the court to appoint a guardian in order for the property to be sold. Let's talk about the two words general and durable. General, as it applies to the power of attorney, means that it is very wide and sweeping in its scope. The word durable means that it continues in effect even if the person who grants the power of attorney becomes incompetent or incapacitated and unable to manage his own affairs. A common misconception about powers of attorney is that if a person has given a general durable power of attorney to someone and then the person passes away, that somehow the person that received the power of attorney continues to have the ability to manage that person's affairs even after his death. That is not the case. In Texas, a general durable power of attorney terminates on the death of the person who gave the power of attorney. That's when the will kicks in. So the big difference between a general durable power of attorney and a will is that the general durable power of attorney is a tool that can be used during a person's life and it ends upon his death, whereas the will has no effect during his life but takes over at the time of his death. Let's talk about two more planning tools quickly before we end up today. The next one is a power of attorney for health care. As you would suspect from its title, this power of attorney is not general, but is very specific. It is designed simply to give a person the ability to manage the health care decisions of the person giving the power of attorney. Once again, a perfect example of the use of this device where one spouse has a stroke and becomes incapacitated and someone needs the ability to make health care decisions and the wife has been designated in the power of attorney for health care to handle such things. Finally, let's talk about what is referred to as a directive to physicians. You will hear people talk about this as a living will. The directive to physicians is not a will. Rather, it is a document in which a person expresses their desires as to whether extraordinary means should be used to prolong their life. In other words, if they are in a situation where they're only being kept alive by life support systems, should these systems be turned off and should the person be allowed to die peaceably? I usually tell people that the directive to physicians is more for a person's loved ones than it is for the person himself because this spares the loved ones the agony of trying to determine what the person that is under life support would have wanted. So let's summarize for a moment. I've talked about four planning tools that a person can use about their affairs. This is a will, a general durable power of attorney, a power of attorney for health care, and a directive to physicians. These are only some of the tools that are available, but they are the basic ones that everyone should consider. Obviously, each case and each situation has its own unique factors, and this is why I highly suggest that when it comes time to execute these documents, that first you make an appointment with a local attorney and talk with him or her about your specific situation. 
I want to thank you all for taking time to listen to this podcast. And if you have an opportunity, please visit my site at woodfinlaw.com. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.